Hello and welcome again to another episode of The Awakener. And this Awakener episode is so exciting, so interesting because we are going to change a little bit the format and have a bit of a casual conversation. And I have here with me my friend who is also the producer of The Awakener podcast and of course the chief mindfulness officer of the organization that we work with. His name is Joselle Gaston who generously gave us his time so we could talk about a very interesting topic. Hello, Joselle. How are you today? Hey, Sherry. Thank you very much for inviting me here. I don't know why of all people you invited me. Maybe is it because I'm the talkative one or I get talkative when we talk about what we're going to talk about today. But then again, thank you for inviting me. Yes, definitely that reason. And plus the fact that I think every time we do casual chats, we always enjoy, you know, each other's insights and so why don't we share this no why don't we share this to the world listening to us right now Before yeah, go ahead. i just wanted to tell tell the whole world that when cherry says let's chat for 10 minutes it usually takes around two hours to three hours <laughs> so i should say let's chat for two minutes then <laughs> yep, yep okay okay <laughs> all right so we're gonna make this short and sweet and and really enriching our topic for today is all about respect in the workplace. Mm. Now, we call this by the term civility. So, any yeah. take on this, Sal? Oh, plenty of take on that. Are we allowed to name names? <laughs> no. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. If only we could. No, we don't want a lawsuit on our hands. <laughs> of course, not incivility or rudeness is something that's plaguing not just the workplace but also places that are not related to work but maybe families no but let's start with work is that okay let's start with sure. work have you encountered an asshole boss because i have me i i think i'm so lucky not to have encountered but it was also too soon you know when i actually changed my career and move on to enterprise so my interactions with bosses are very minimal but maybe a little bit of challenging partners or clients i've oh, yeah. encountered these people yeah yeah well the thing with partners or at some extent maybe even clients when they're rude or there's incivility on their part it's okay to manage them i mean mm -hmm. you're supposed to be nice to them regardless but when you talk about superiors like mm -hmm boss who's probably labeled as an asshole or rude if you're polite no? <laughs> but <laughs> uh, these i keep saying it asshole asshole that this asshole these assholes will gaslight you apparently it's a new word that i heard just recently that here's the thing what's interesting they make a mistake then they talk to you and then make it appear that it's your fault mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it's a skill, not a, a not a desirable skill, but I've experienced that quite a lot. And I just learned the term that gaslighting was what it was called. So yeah, that's in the workplace. And I guess it becomes a little bit hard, right, Sal, because of the power, no, the chain of command. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the authority sometimes, it, it's really just... The structure just minimizes the voice of the person who is victim, right? I mean, shouldn't feel like victim, but becomes the victim in this particular interaction. Gaslighting is something interesting that I spoke about in the last episode of the Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, 
I just wanted to ask you before we even move on, why is it that when we talk about incivility, for example, rudeness or the terms mm. that you use, right? I mean, yeah. people every day in banter still call them assholes and everything. Why right. is it that the first person that people usually think about is their boss? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Maybe it's because of one, the power dynamics and people that are considered their subordinates, the boss's subordinates, would have feelings of helplessness. I'm guessing these feelings of helplessness are collectively felt, not just by that one person. So you get to talk to colleagues about a particular quality of a boss who say, shouting or raising his voice in a meeting, uh, putting you on the spot, humiliating you. And colleagues don't really have that or cannot do that in an actual meeting, for example. You can actually do that in casual conversations with among peers, but the boss is very much pronounced. So, mm-hmm. And uh, the boss is vocal. It's very above ground. So incivility becomes something that can be seen quite obviously compared to those that are say peers or friends mm-hmm. it's the power structure right that's true uh, I, I wonder Sel, though looking at it from the perspective of somebody leading also sometimes people or the people reporting to the boss will misconstrue it as being rude when in but the boss will see it as the people being a little bit too emotional on or softy right that it mm. just doesn't it doesn't mean anything personal but people take it personally What's your take about this in terms of, is there any one standard for incivility or being civil, for example, in your interactions? I think it it could be true that the subordinate, if we're talking about one or two persons only, are being overly sensitive about the boss's remarks if, say, they're offended or they felt intimidated. But if it's quite a number of colleagues that are feeling the same way, then I guess the incivility is really on weighted towards the boss. And I feel it's about the awareness or the self-awareness mm-hmm. of the superior. Possibly he does not know that he's being an asshole, that he just uses his hat of authority and say, you follow this, you do this, and you make sure that you're done with this without apparent sensitivity. Mm-hmm. towards the subordinate. So I guess it's much more pronounced with them, yeah. Yeah, and I guess sometimes to the leader, right, that you can't be too nice or too kind or too careful when you talk to your subordinates or to the people you're working with because... Well, yeah, there's a prevailing myth that leaders ought to be strong and quite detached or macho even. <laughs> They, they persist on that fact that they're strong, that they're invincible, that they are not affected by any kind of emotion. But that's a myth. I mean, kindness is kindness wherever you put it, right? Yeah, so, but when you think about revolutions, for example, right? Things move when you ruffle some feathers. And I guess, you know, yeah. when, when you are... It, sometimes it's also a function of your wit right like you mm. want to move things forward and you just try to you know to slur to do a bit of banter sometimes mm. rude to other people but not to you you know in the spirit of open wit i guess in the spirit of you know having fun intelligent discussions and some leaders probably because and perhaps because they have the skill to do that right engage these kinds of conversations in this cadence or in this energy 
that appears to be a little bit disrespectful to people. Not that I am protecting the leaders, really just maybe there are basically two different perspectives. Yeah. You know, uh, well, the well, person... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. Wit can be something that's attributed to intelligence. And, you know, these bosses that I would label as lacking in self-awareness would think of themselves as witty, intelligent mm-hmm. people that are really mean no harm. But, you know, there's 101 things that you need to be conscious about, like, are you sounding misogynistic? Are you sounding mm, sexist? Yes. Sounding disrespectful of that generation? There's so many things that you should be conscious about. What with the LGBTQ, the young ones, the Gen Zs, the millennials. So self-awareness has been dialed up several notches. And why? Like we belong to the same generation. Generation, Cherry will say, there's too much to be conscious about right now. but. Again, if I say there's one or two persons that were offended by those remarks, then it's probably that the sensitivity only of those persons. But if it's the collective, well, yeah, it doesn't become wit. It becomes just offensive. Foolishness, right? Foolishness. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Foolishness. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it does not in any way reflect your strength as a leader, but your weakness. It's an imitation of strength, I guess, right? You yeah. pretend to be strong. You right. think that when you are direct, on point and you know there's a little bit of rough words in there or or sometimes making fun of people right or making fun of situations at the expense of people these things are disrespectful and it does not help in increasing the productivity or the engagement or commitment of oh definitely audience. not cherry there have been studies that i've come across on on the net <laughs> just fact check it <laughs> we all are faulted for using the internet for these facts. But there have been several studies that say that if the superior or the bosses are practicing so much incivility or rudeness, productivity goes goes down. Mm-hmm. Significantly goes down. People, like for example, the subordinates will not speak at all in meetings because they feel that they're not valued. They feel that they will be shamed. So if people don't talk, people communicate less from zero from less to zero then don't expect improvements in the workplace relationships matter even if people are performing subpar but they feel that they are treated kindly then there's a possibility of them staying and improving i don't know for how long or how long it will take for them to improve but they will stay the problem however is if the rudeness the incivility continues and it comes to a point where people are numbed that's when people do not care about anything anymore they just attend those meetings and plop down on the chair and then say i'll just listen that's where the problem will start people mm-hmm. will start to leave yeah. correct i think a lot of people who decide to quiet themselves down also have concluded that the more you talk the more dangerous the situation becomes and the more you get into heated discussions or probably become vulnerable to incivility or disrespect or even foolish remarks, right, by the other person. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or when you assert yourself, right? When you assert yourself, you become incivil yourself. And so right. you decide, okay, let's talk, let's mistake. I'd rather just listen and, yeah. and you know. They won't talk. They'll just say, I'll sit down here and then let them talk and then I'll just go my way and then say, fuck it, I'm not going to talk. 
I guess talking teases, you know, when you talk more, it teases a little bit of the possibility of incivility, right? Just pointing to your to what you mentioned about a lot of things, you know, you've read about this productivity. I think the other reason why incivility is now taking on a very strong narrative, a very popular narrative in workplace, because there's this TED Talk by Christine Porath, which has had a three million oh, yeah. three million yeah. views, right? Right, right? It's why being respectful to your coworkers is good for your business. So it's something right. that you know our uh, listeners here can also watch. It's a very interesting. Christine Porath, yeah. yeah, yes, that's her take on incivility, showing that. I think two things strike me here. Number one is incivility really reduces productivity. In fact, even instigate resignations and people leaving yeah, their jobs. People will leave. Yeah. And the other, Giselle, the other interesting research data point from her research is that when people who are witnesses to incivility, they're also bystanders. Yeah. Right. By, they are affected and their own productivity is also reduced. So you get to affect the collective, right? So I guess if there is a study that shows that, right, and the impact that incivility pays, and civility also has great effect on the ROI, that it is a leadership requirement to start practicing civility and, and respect people. Well, there's, that's true. There's one more that I found the opportunity to tell you, that there are superiors, more for superiors, also for colleagues that are being becoming incivil or rude to their colleagues and then and their subordinates. There is such a thing in our culture that's called smart shaming. You ever heard of that? If I said something remotely intelligent, your colleague or worse, your boss will say, wow. The vernacular will say, ikaw na, or it's you. You're the one. You're the smart one. Is like mocking you, telling you that having those remarks will bring you to the Hall of Fame. Of course, they're mocking you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so disconcerting, it's annoying for these people to say that because the bystanders who are smart actually won't say anything. They'll just say, I'll shut up because I'm going to be mocked and humiliated for saying something smart. So I'll just remember those times when when we were in high school, we'd call us a nerd. Mm -hmm. That was the thing. You're a nerd if you said something smart or if you recited in class and say, the right things, your bully classmate behind you or right beside you will say, you're a nerd. That's the start of incivility. Yes. It's the same. The bosses that we had, the bosses that I had, if I said something remotely smart or intelligent or maybe even philosophical, would remark that I'm the smartest guy, which is, we know, you know, he's, he's uh, teasing you. There's the kind of teasing that's out of fun. This is out of insult. And same, right, Sel? I think the reverse is true, right? When to the receiver, he feels that what you said is something that is small, right? Or right, trivialized. Dismisses it as, yes. you know, uh, are you even thinking that's too preschool, that's too kindergarten? And that also quiets down the person. That's so true. I guess, you know, too smart is bad, too trivial uh, to the perception is also bad. So what do you do? You stay in the middle, you become quiet. You right. 
in between that is shutting up. <laughs> so, this is a Goldilocks thing, right? I mean, too high, <laughs> too low, or just right, you tend to just stay in the middle. Right. And then in the middle, you don't stand out. Nobody sees you. And so we, you don't create ripples in the organization. It's the organization that suffers because they don't get the most and the best out of you, right? Because the true. culture does not help in any way. I also wanted to say, Giselle, is sometimes the way people are treated end up treating other people the same way. It's an infection. Yes. It's an infection, right? It's a yeah, yeah, I think Christine Porat said that it's a virus. Yes. Uh, incivility or rudeness becomes a virus if it becomes a contagion in your workplace, in your mm-hmm. organization, or in your home, then it becomes a virus. And then you don't realize that. Like, for example, let, let's say, for example, it starts from the very top, right? And there is incivility or rudeness. And then right. you, you think it's okay, right? Because maybe power or job title legitimizes it. And then you become that, right? You absorb the energy and you say it in the same way to your one downs, perhaps, to your colleagues until everybody just speaks the same way. And I guess it just sort of creates a very negative culture in organizations. That's right. So my question, Cherry, is how do you now handle an incivil or rude boss or a rude colleague? I mean, if you're so used to hearing them mocking other people or being rude to other people, your tendency is to shut up. But Mm-hmm. You're if you're the type of person that you could not stand if you don't want to you're not a fighter, but you also don't want to just sit down and watch things pass by. What would the right thing be to do? It's easier said than done, but it's always yeah. worked. Other than smash his face in, <laughs> you'll have to do that in your imagination. <laughs> oh, you should see my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow you can't do that, right? And I think the first thing to do, Jocelle, here is to manage your state. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we have a tendency to always think of a way to react. Um, That's true. And I think we manage our state first because otherwise, you know, you might have the same energy, you know, be rude the same way, right? I mean, it's easy to be the person you were treated and manage your state and then. Of course, we always talk about assertive communication. To be able to be disagree and still be agreeable. Right. Uh, right. And then you've got to learn a lot of linguistic skills there. Because how do you say it? How do you form the sentences that will make you civil? That will make you, you know, within the interaction, civil and the better and bigger person. But still, right. you know, be able to communicate whatever it is. I think after you have self-managed your state and to always be conscious that you need to separate the person from the problem. The person is not your problem, right? right? The objective of the interaction is to solve a particular problem. That's why it's called a problem. It's something that can be solved. And maybe in the tension of these strong emotions, some words were said unconsciously, right? There's a level of urgency and it was not balanced by empathy. And hence, it's so important that you don't react, but just respond. You know, take that space to just think about it, separate the person from the problem, and focus on the problem, and bring the discussion back to the problem. The other way, of course, is to be able, when you have higher level linguistic skills, I guess, to be able to join in that open, that spirit of open banter, the slurs, you know, the barbs, and be able to throw it in a way that also maybe makes the conversation a little bit less tense 
Yeah. That's a skill. That's a skill, right? Uh, in NLP, we, we, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a skill to actually be able to do that. Memes, for example, memes are, <laughs> when you talk about memes, right? They're sarcastic. They have hidden meanings. Oh, yeah. But, but they are, they make, they entertain people. So can you actually transform the energy from that of tension to that of wit and, and you know, and that inspires just more interactions than you are the bigger person, linguistically speaking. So there are many ways to do that. And of course, on a private, you know, if you feel very disturbed by this particular behavior, you could call or call out the person's behavior privately. That also works. Because as you said, Giselle, a lot of these things or these behaviors are dished out because it's unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's true. Well, well, what do you think? Do you think it's easy to, you know, try and apply a few of these things or kind of textbook? It's definitely not. Definitely not. Just for that, that's for sure. Because very primordial things come to mind when you, when you have that discussion, the rough or, or abrasive discussion with a boss or a rude colleague. But you just mentioned change your state. This is something I'm feeling could be an extended discussion of how we handle rudeness or incivility in the workplace or at home or maybe wherever it is. So I'm going to stop you there, Cherry, and make people think more and possibly even ask everybody to write in. Tell us your scenario. Tell us, tell us a story of what you're experiencing. It would be interesting for us to know so we could help you much better. And we promise you we won't mention your names. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the confidentiality. I was asking Cherry, can I name names? Of course not, because we don't want a lawsuit on our hands. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is something that's going to be interesting. I'm going to stop Cherry here because I want us to think. You no, know, I want you to think about the rudeness and incivility. Write us, drop us a line at where are we going to ask them to drop us a line at, at our Facebook page? Yeah, Facebook page or, you know, I also have a Facebook page, Coach Sherry Africa, or our Facebook page, right? World Stage International. If they have any question, they could ask us. Incivility is something that's, you know, that's very close to the heart of many, right? In the collective. Because a lot of times... Not desirably, though. It's close to the heart, but we want it out of our hearts. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We want to be able to say... F you or flip your finger without saying it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or just imagine, but yeah. <laughs> but maybe managing the state will be yeah, a better route, right? It's something yeah. that's probably the bigger person in you responding to the situation. There you go. How do you become a bigger person now and change your state? We're going to stop here for a bit. So tell us, drop us a line, send us a message at our Facebook page and worldstageinternational.com.ph and we will read your messages and make sure, of course, we won't mention your names and do our best and the best we can to help you. What do you think, Jerry? Yes, definitely. And always, always stay awake and remember this for change to happen. The sleeper must always be awake. So stay awake. And enjoy the rest of your week. And I do hope that you got, you know, a few nuggets of insight from this very interesting topic on incivility. There's more. There's a lot more we want to cover, but time is short. And so we look forward, no, Giselle and I look forward to having a little bit of a chat with you throughout the rest of the week and also for the next week. 
do stand by for another great episode of The Awakener. Fantastic. Can I, can I give at least the initials of the person? No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. Go and sleep. <laughs> oh, no, wake up. Be awake. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you. We'll see you next week again. All right. <laughs>